This is the Norris Group's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. The award-winning show dedicated to thought leaders shaping the real estate industry and local experts revealing their insider tips to succeed in an ever-changing real estate market. Hosted by author, investor, and hard money lender, Bruce Norris. Hey, everybody, it's Aaron Norris from the Norris Group, and here is part two on our conversation about ADUs, SB9, SB10, and more with Christy Sertwell. Let's, t- let's cover real quick some tenants of SB9, because I think it might be good because we keep going in and out. So let me talk a little bit about the law. So it basically gets rid of R1 zoning in urban areas. So you can have, a, 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 currently it says a uh, you have to be an owner-occupant to do this. Um, but this is at the state level. It doesn't mean that at the, your local jurisdiction that they won't be more flexible and work with you. It's just, this is what the state says. So I'm going to take talk about the state. So you're supposed to be living in one of the units if you do this. Um, urban cluster covered that. No more than 25% of an exterior wall can be altered unless one of the followings, the city approves. Um, you're not supposed to mess with a property who has, uh, that has been tenant occupied within the last three years. Um, you have to be careful of historic districts or any environmental fire, earthquake, stuff like that. Um, let me see if there's anything else that's really, really important. No short-term rentals, less than 30 days. That is definitely something to think about. And then it specifically spells out in the state legislation that the city does not have to allow ADUs on these projects. So I, you might have to fight for a little bit. I just would hate for somebody to show up thinking they could automatically do it. Please, please, please check with your local jurisdiction and if they don't have their ordinances out, it's just dangerous. You just have to be willing to take that chance. Um, when it comes to a lot split, the state code says a 60-40. So, you know, <laughs> that could be really weird depending on the design and the layout of the lot. You have to be careful. The minimum lot size, this made me laugh and I wanted to get your opinion on this, is 1,200 square feet. <laughs> Do you know of any 1,200 square feet lots or 20, I mean, 2,400 square feet is pretty small <laughs> in LA. Uh, yeah, that doesn't, that wouldn't even make sense. <laughs> I know. I laugh, but I know one of the reasons that they put it in there was because during the ADU legislation, a lot of cities were fooling around with the size of lots. They're so like, oh yeah, we allow ADUs. You just have to have a 15,000 or greater square foot lot. <laughs> So, you know, kudos to the people who wrote this. They were thinking of everything. That made me laugh. 1,200 well, square were, feet. They were thinking about uh, like San Francisco where like a parking lot might sell for like 800 grand. <laughs> right. You know, like one, like I'm talking about one spot, not a lot. Right. Oh my gosh. Right. You can't currently state law says that you're not supposed to do it side by side. So if you own two lots side by side, you're not supposed to do it. Um, or a lot that has previously been subdivided, you're not supposed to do it. So something to think about. So those are like the big things. Um, I, so are you, you're already looking at this. You, I think you met, you said last week with somebody about SB9. Well, yeah, just in the whole discussion of what I could build, um, you know, on, on properties to come, but you're right. Like all the things you're reading, um, that's the case. You have to really have the the right property Mm. to do it. So am I going out and seeking those out? Well, maybe, you know, it's good to be aware of all of that because if you can find one that fits, then it gives you another option of how you can uh, build that property out. Did, have you looked at all at, um, SB 10? A little bit. I, I don't really know all these rules to have them memorized, but I do know of them and, I'm, you know, just to be aware of it. 
The only thing that's interesting about SB 10 is it's going to be investor friendly just by the nature of what they're doing, but the cities are going to designate areas that want where they want density. So the city is going to say, this is where we want that. And you're going to be able to upzone a lot to include 10 units, two ADUs and two JDUs. So up to 14 units on one lot, mm-hmm. which is really cool. So for areas like LA, I just cry at the thought of, you know, I lived in LA, I'm in LA all the time for medical stuff. And I just, I cry at the thought of parking. Um, And I know why they're doing it. They're trying to get more people into mass transit. Um, And in markets like LA, that might work a little bit more, but out here in the Inland Empire, we just don't have a robust mass transit system. So it, it just doesn't make as much sense. So if you design poorly, uh, people are just going to hate you. (laughs) They're not going to, I, and I don't want to get too spoiled because the real estate market has been so good. Um, all my rentals in California and Florida have gone up so much in equity and so much in rent in just a year. I, I don't think that's going to be the case this year. And I think design does matter. So don't be a cram lord. Do good design. Don't be Agreed. that investor that ruins it for everybody. Um, have you seen any technology that... Well, let me ask this this way first. How much has um, COVID over the last year changed inflation on your construction? I feel like I'm a newbie all over again, trying to figure out what the heck it costs to build stuff. And because, you know, like since when did a refrigerator take nine months just to, to arrive? Right. You know? oh my so, yeah, there's just been... You know, and the fluctuation of the material costs, it's like, I feel like if I get a bid one day, it's out of date by the next week. So we, that's been a challenge. I don't know what to say. I have to hand it to the builder that we work with in Florida. He's very creative and has tried so hard to manage this process. So he thought he was really smart and he was working specifically with block layers and they were coming up back for um, for a wage increase. And he's like, you know what, I'm going to negotiate with you and I'm going to pay you a little bit more, but I don't want to hear from you for another six months, no matter what happens. I want to hear from you. You know what they did? They stopped showing up to the job sites. They were just milking the contract along, doing bare minimum, taking other jobs that were paying more, but the prices went up twice within a three month period. And so because they weren't making the right amount of money, we thought we were really smart. And I thought that was a great idea. And then it backfired. So mm-hmm. if you're not paying market wages, your project's going to take longer and you only get in the way of potentially more price increases when it comes to supplies. So crazy. Yeah. Joey, has, has there been a thought of like containers or, you know, ready built and just plop them on the property? That's a, that was going to be sort of where I went next. Uh, I mean, are you looking at any other kinds of construction like prefab or, you know, boxable and these other kinds of opportunities? I know of them, but I haven't pursued them. And I think they're even having supply chain issues. In fact, yeah. a friend of mine sells them and, you know, she was promising clients, uh, you know, a few months. Meanwhile, like some of them are backed up 18 months now. Oh, So oh. yeah, I don't think I want to pursue that. Oh, I didn't know that. And um, Rancho Mirage is getting their first 3D printed community and um, by Mighty Builders. I know them. We've interviewed them. Mm-hmm. Um, we almost got a chance to buy one of their first ones out in California. It didn't work out. Darn it. And then Austin is getting Icon to build their first community with Lennar. Um, but that's just the substrate printing. They still have to do the finish. So even if they can print the exterior in one day, it doesn't mean that they're not going to have to wait 10 months unless they're 3D printing <laughs> refrigerators I don't know about so 
we'll see. Yeah, and I, I went to see something. I actually went to see a homeowner's um, uh, modular or whatever it was. And But that's the thing. They had to crane this thing up a hill. Mm-hmm. seemed like a 45-degree angle. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I would have had a heart attack just watching that. And then once they got it up there, then they had to have the additional contractors to, you know, tie it all together. So to me, you know, I've had the same general construction crew, you know, for probably 10, 11 years or something. So I just use those guys. Not, yeah. but not to say you shouldn't use the, the, the others, but just you can compare it and shop around, I guess. Yeah, it's good to hear, though, too, that I'm 18 months. That's crazy. But Oh, man, I had to replace a water heater um, last year late and it just hurt my feelings that I, I had replaced them a couple of years before and it was below half. <laughs> so like, oh my gosh, I it's definitely been difficult to manage all the price increases. It, it's like a sheet of plywood was $22 one day and almost a hundred bucks mm-hmm. a couple months later. And now it's back down again, but it's like, I can't even keep track anymore. Yeah, so, it's not like your your contractor is coming back and giving you a discount. Oh yeah, don't worry. You know, the, we budgeted a hundred and it's gone down to sixty eight dollars. It's not like they're yeah. coming back and giving you a refund, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crypt. It's crypto wood. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there were some alternatives we knew about. What are some of the things design wise that you've learned over the last couple of years? Whether it be mailboxes or trash cans or I, I don't know, or there's things that you get asked a lot. Uh, things that you've learned that maybe you want to pass along? Yeah, that's a good question because I I would say it's in the details. It's just the details. Like, you know, and I, I relearned this over and over again, but even windows, window placements and window sizes. Now, I know you have to meet egress when it comes to certain windows in ADUs, but you know, you get something that's too low and you can't fit a, a bed frame there, or you get something that's just, right in the way of the bed. It could have just been one foot over and just had a better functional room. So just little details like that, or maybe there's a window on a wall that doesn't need to be. You could put a sliding patio door on on one side to give it more light and avoid the window. And then you have a proper wall for a bed frame and pictures and whatnot. Um, So stuff like that. Um, Yeah, so here's another thing I just thought of. People have electric cars these days. So Mm. if you're converting a garage, you might as well put that electric thing right on the outside so people can pull up and actually plug their car in. So that's something new I've thought of. Hmm. Um, Still trying to figure out how the cities give out the house numbers. What do you mean? You know, like some some reviews are like A or B, and then some are half, and then some they give a whole new number altogether. I had one city didn't assign any number to the ADU. And I'm thinking, how did we get by with that? Because the fire department usually requires a, a number. Well, anyway, hmm. I, I inquired about it, actually. And the city guy's like, oh, yeah, well, we, we didn't used to issue numbers. But by the way, um, we're going to start issuing numbers. And by the way, you have to pay for it. So it's like <laughs> $150 for me to, to pay to get a number now. I'm like, well, okay. So, oh my goodness. The yeah, Nicholas. that was just a couple months ago. I think I, I wanted to tell you that, Aaron. I forgot to tell you. 
Well, you know, one of the reasons I want to talk about that a little bit is SB9, is there going to be, SB9 right now does not have any of the, the day limitations to where the city only has like a certain amount of days to get something through. Whether that happens or not, I don't think most investors are like, oh, 60 days are up. I'm going to take this permit and run. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's how we should approach it. But at least there's some expectations that the city perform. SB9 right now, that's out the window. It's not a priority. But can I go through ADU law since I can build up to 1,200 square feet and set it up to where it could convert under SB9 to a duplex if I wanted and be able to sell that second unit? Um, what would that take? It, would I have to, because in ADUs, I can tie into the sewer, I can share the electricity. Would in order for it to be considered, and I don't know, that's why I'm asking, it, would I have to set it up with its own utilities and its own sewer line? Do you know? Well, that's interesting. Um, maybe related to that, uh, I know you can separate electrical because I just had to get a meter spot for a house I'm renovating. I need to upgrade the panel. I thought, well, I'm, I want to meet the guy there from Edison to find out where he, he's going to put this because I didn't want it to be in the way in case I built an ADU in a certain place. Mm -hmm. So I told him what my tentative plans were and he's like oh okay well just put it here and then you can put the rest underground and he says um they're called gangs i guess so if you have one gang it's like one meter and then if you have if you want like three units you have three a three gang that's what they call it okay i hadn't heard that before but anyway so in other words right from the get-go you can set up your meters so that your electrical is separate um, you can do that with the water meters also it's usually about six grand, I think, to get a second water meter. So you have to sort of weigh that out. Does it make sense mm. over time to have two separate water meters or you just stick them on one bill? Um, so yeah, some thought that could go into that. But yeah, back to your point, if you built an ADU, 1200 square feet, and you wanted to make it eventually two 600 square foot units, I mean, maybe you could. If you think you might want to do that, I would just talk to a planner right yeah. about that. Yeah. And get it in writing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just in case they leave the city and they're like, I don't know who said that, but no, that's not allowed. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, any uh, horror stories that you would like to share to make sure people avoid? Yeah. Don't get into real estate. No, just kidding. <laughs> get into real estate. Real estate has been great. I mean, here I am in California complaining a lot about this and that, but at the end of the day, this is where you have appreciation and, and you know, nice long-term holds and your rent goes up and stable tenants if you're in the city, usually. And if you treat them well, they, they're, they're pretty good most of the time if, if you manage your properties well. So I, I really can't complain because at the end of the day, this is, this is my retirement plan. Um, but yeah, gosh, We'd be here for another three hours if I told you all the horror stories. <laughs> <laughs> Have appraisals gotten any easier? Um, let's see. I did do a couple of refinances. With, with the ADU um, in tow? About six months ago. So the end of 2021. Yes. As a matter of fact, I actually met the appraiser on two of them. And he asked me, what did you pay for this ADU? So I hmm. told him the amount. Well, voila, it showed up on the appraisal. Interesting. The exact amount in each case that I told him. 
So, and he didn't ask for proof. No, no. I said, I said, well, I said, if you want to see, I can show you the construction, you know, he says, no, that's fine. So he jotted it down. And sure enough, when I saw the ADU Valley, it was what I told him the construction was. And for those of you who have not done kind of construction, why that's a big deal is that some appraisers were just averaging across square footage. And the problem with that with ADUs is you've got the, when, when they take the primary and the ADU and then average, you get less of amount in the ADU because it's the most expensive rooms in a smaller square footage. So it doesn't work to your favor. So that's a huge upgrade. That's great. Oh, well, when I first had these fi refinanced in 2019, when they were completed, uh, yeah, I mean, I was getting like literally on two of them, I got 20,000 value. Stop. Like, Stop. kidding me? That doesn't even cover soft costs. <laughs> you know, one, I got 50,000. So that was ridiculous. So now it seems like, you know, they're, they're at least known. Like I had one appraiser show up one time. And he's like, what's an ADU? I'm like, well, just walk around back. I'll show you. I mean, that's pretty, pretty scary. You don't know what an ADU is and you're appraising properties. Yeah, that's rough. Joe, you uh, have yeah, a question? Yeah, I, I know you, uh, we haven't really talked a ton about the um, quarter houses, but what is the coolest thing that you've uncovered in one of these houses? <laughs> um, that's appropriate for air. Wow, there's so much to say. <laughs> Um, gosh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things I can't say right now. That's, that's more X-rated, <laughs> but those are the good stories. We'll have to have a beer and I'll tell you those another time. <laughs> I'm going to put that on my calendar because those are the best stories. Yeah. You definitely find some very interesting things, but let's, cause we are sort of winding down and I, I want to make sure that we, we do focus a little bit on the, um, the hoarder houses. So how did you even fall into hoarder houses as a specialty? Well, I, I guess I have a good poker face. You know, I, I showed up and at the end of the day, it's the, the houses I deal with are, um, you know, it's a mental illness, actually. Yeah. When you're hoarding like what you and I would consider garbage and rotting food and, and all kinds of other things, that, that's a mental illness. It's been recognized by the Mental Health Association. So, so probably 90% of the houses I get are literally piles of trash they're just piles of trash that's not salvageable in in any way in fact when you try to you know clean it out it's been rotting and stuck to the floor for so long the floor is coming up with it mm -hmm. so that's that's the types of situations i i deal with who are you typically working with family members or the actual owners are the hoarders themselves both i would say 75 percent are heirs so the family members passed away mm. and now the heirs are either local or half the time out of state. They haven't really been aware of, you know, how bad the situation's gotten. And, you know, they really just don't know, you know, even where to start. So wow. I go in there and, and, you know, just, I don't judge. I just, you know, I have a stomach for it apparently. And I can go in and I've smelled, you wouldn't even believe what I smelled. <laughs> Uh, don't go in hungover. I will say that. Oh. Just, I will say that is dangerous to do that. <laughs> when um, we were when we were sending out, you know, postcards, we would, you know, get these pictures. We would buy these pictures of these wrecked houses, and Aaron was always talking about getting these scratch and sniff stickers to go <laughs> on these postcards. I wanted to send them out. So scratch here. Does your house smell like this? 
we can finance you. Because <laughs> they have barf stickers, they have poo stickers. I thought it'd be so cute. And Craig oh puts a kibosh God. on it. He's like, that's not professional. I'm all, but it's memorable. That's not professional, but that is that is funny. Yeah, I go in and I, I've I've dealt with everything. I've stepped in all kinds of rat poop and mm-hmm. animal carcasses and live ones too. Those are the fun ones when you're when you're doing the two step around, you know, two inch cockroaches um, and rats running around. So that's that's interesting. Um, but yeah, no, you just go in and you just try to not linger too long and figure out how many bedrooms and bathrooms and the layout and you come back outside and you talk to them about what you can do to help them in their situation and yeah it it reminds me a lot of trusty cell because you're seeing inside the house but you're not seeing inside the house in a hoarder home oh yeah there's more risk yeah you can't even get through to some rooms like you know there's some severe cases where i've had to and it's even hard getting around on the outside because the outside's also hoarded but you can sort of judge where where the rooms are because you're trying to get a figure uh, an idea of layout you know if you're gonna have to knock out walls and more of an expense on the construction side of things to you know mm-hmm. make it more of a functional layout but generally with a hoarding hoarding situation you're doing everything from top to bottom yeah so and these are ones that you know any eye buyers tackling hoarder homes <laughs> um hmm well, as a matter of fact, I did uh, I did lose one actually to an eye buyer, and did? it did close. I followed that one through, and they closed. Um, but you know. oh, we have to follow it because I mean, I've been people have been sending me examples of of Zillow of how bad they're. I really didn't expect that to happen that bad, but they're sending me examples where their overbids were were crazy. Um, yeah, they just pay too much. You know, they pay too much, and then they don't realize like sometimes I even pay too much. I'm thinking, Oh, I thought I got a deal. And then you get into it and you know, there's, there's $20,000 of, of trash out to do. Like literally there's that much trash and, yeah. and dumpsters aren't cheap these days. It's $800 just for hallway. Yeah. You know? And it's not like you can call somebody, you're not being able to necessarily save a salvage, a lot of stuff from the no. actual hoarder. Yeah. No. No, I mean, the odd time I'll get one where, you know, there's some good things to use. It's more of a situation of, of they just, you know, collected too much and couldn't keep up with everything. But generally, it's it's the garbage hoarding ones I get generally for whatever reason. Are they contacting you directly or are you marketing like driving for dollars for those kind of opportunities? Well, I've been lucky because 10 years ago when I actually worked hard and hustled I made a lot of good relationships and Mm. those relationships are still paying off so people that work in the assisted living industry uh, people Mm. that work in the trash out industry um, you know those types of professions uh, generally just call me as a resource so if that homeowner or heir can't afford to hire you know my trash out guy for example then, you know, he still gets the business for me, but I buy the house first. And then at that point, it's actually easier for, for them to clean it out after I own it. Because first of all, you know, I'm not attached to anything. Second of all, I, I pay them right away. So yeah, that helps quicker and easier. So yeah, relationships like that have really paid off over the years. Well, if you had to start over today, where would you start? Florida. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
no, I don't have any regrets. I try not to live life with regrets. I, I would do the same thing I did. I would hustle and make relationships. I, I joined networking groups. I, I didn't know one person when I came here, so I had to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Just started meeting people, networking, and just like actually caring about people and helping their business. And they, they sense that. And then they want to help your business. So that's really what's, what's worked the best over the years. So I would start, start doing that right over again. All over again. Well, we are about at the time. What are the best ways people could follow you and your work? Oh, you want to see the pictures? The yes. Party? Oh, you, you have the best <laughs> pictures. Where are you posting the most? Like uh, Instagram? Um, I do a little bit on Facebook, not so much anymore. Um, some on LinkedIn and um, some on Instagram. And um, I also have a newsletter, actually. So mm-hmm. if you want to email me your email, I send it out twice a month and I put a lot of my, my videos and my um, pictures, some before and after pictures in there. So oh, I'm, I'm on it. I get it. Oh, do you? Okay, good, good. Yeah. So what can we post that people won't maybe overwhelm or is there a specific address you want people to contact you at? Oh, sure. My email is professionalhomehelp, H-E-L-P at Gmail. Okay. So best, way, best way to reach me. Very cool. As always, it's so nice to talk to you and catch up. And I, I'm going to have to do another interview to find out this LA project. I'm just so upset for you. <laughs> yeah. And can we talk next time about uh, trade use? Uh, tree ADUs. Aaron, <laughs> talk to me about like, come on, we'll put some of these in Portland, sell them to some hipsters, and they'd love it, right? Hey, hey, listen, RVs in the backyard, those are DMVs. They don't even count as livable units. So, you know, hey, maximize space, go for it. <laughs> Joey, we're going to put you in the first one and then you can. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you, hey, Christine. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank nice, you. See, nice seeing you. You too. See you in real life one of these days, hopefully. Hey, pretty soon. I'm ready. I'm ready to yeah. party. Let's do lunch. Yeah, right on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Ciao. See you later. Bye. For more information on hard money loans and upcoming events with the Norris Group, check out thenorrisgroup.com. For information on passive investing with trust deeds, visit tngtrustdeeds.com. The Norris Group originates and services loans in California and Florida under California DRE License 01219911, Florida Mortgage Lender License 1577, and NMLS License 1623669. For more information on hard money lending, go to thenorrisgroup.com and click the hard money tab.